0: There we go. Welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. I get talking and then I forget to turn the board on. Hi, Kathy Kaskaitis is in here with me. She's the animal wildlife rehabilitator. Is it at the Cooley Region yes. Humane Society? Okay. And you're also, for now, the quote unquote dog catcher. So I, I read Heathcliff comics when I was a kid. So there was always like, the, I, th- I feel like it was Heathcliff. Maybe it was Garfield. The dog catcher like was part of that. Maybe it was maybe it was Garfield because Otis would have been part of that. But so we can talk about that. You might not be the dog catcher here in a couple of weeks, huh?
1: No. And we don't, we don't really like that term anyway because we do far more than just right. <laughs> do- dog catcher. Well,
0: dog I catch- had you guys. I literally, during a show I, a couple of summers ago, I literally had to call you because the ducks, they sit in those big square things downtown and they hatch their eggs. They, she, every year she came. And then one day she her babies hatched during the show. And it's, you know, 5 o'clock on a, whatever day it was. And I was like, "Well, this isn't good." So I call you guys up, and and sure enough, the guy had a is it Forest? Is that a guy's name? I feel like no. he had a very like that kind of name. Like, <laughs> oh, of course you work at you know animal rehab and animal rescue because that's your name. And he came out, and he was uh, he was we were chasing ducks during the 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 news break. I, we they're were,
1: faster than you think.
0: Yeah, the baby. Yeah, and they had to drop. You know, and I'm sure they're used to it, but they had to drop probably about three three feet to the ground, which is a, a lot for ducks, unless you watch some of those, you know, uh, animal, uh, I'm just trying, whatever the, David, what's his name? The
1: Well, there's so many out there now, uh, wildlife programs, the, but.
0: The most popular one where the, where the birds just fall off the cliff and oh, you're like, yeah. oh my God. And then and you're like, oh, they're, okay. that's what they do. But these ducks had to fall, but we scooped them all up and then he took them down to the marsh and, Mama like was pretty probably upset, right but she yeah she came right with, and yeah, it was great so but um so th- that might be p- part of the conversation the Cooley region Humane Society is not going to have to do that anymore, and it's maybe bad and good news for them um i th- I think maybe it's it's probably bad news we had the mayor on last Monday to talk about that um some other things I wanted wanted to talk about obviously this is probably it's it's Christmas time, so it's time for giving, and you guys um at the at the wildlife rehab center are are, are kind of your it's your own entity, right? Like it's kind of your own thing a little bit.
1: We've now moved out of the main shelter part and we took over um, what, what used to be like a garage storage area uh, just to get the wildlife away from the barking dogs, the phones ringing so that there's less stress on them. So we have our own little building off to the side. And since then we've added um, a lot of uh, enclosures for the birds, the raptors, squirrels, the ducklings and stuff. So we've been building that program for the last couple of years, uh, build, trying to build it up pretty good.
0: Yeah, and you need money for that. I mean, we if, do. We're not
1: supported by the sh- – well, I shouldn't say we're not supported, but it is separate from the shelter.
0: You're not financially supported, right? Right,
1: so it's all um, my group doing fundraising, trying to get grants and stuff. If we're in desperate need of something, of course I can go to the shelter and, and they will fund the, you know, the money for if we're in need of food or stuff. But all the other main things that I want to improve on – I have to go out and try to do my own fundraising, and we have wish lists and stuff for supplies uh, just to try to keep the cost down so we can do better every day with the animals that come in.
0: Yeah, so your stress isn't just like, oh, my God, we got this animal in or that animal in or this animal is doing bad, we, you know, you're taking care of these things. Also, like, you need the resources to do that. So if anyone wants to, to help out, the the Cooley, Rema- Cooley Region Humane Society Wildlife Rehab Center just go go on Facebook. This is the yes, best way to do amazing. it. Go on Facebook, just Google or go to the Facebook search and just type start typing Cooley Region, Humane Society, Wildlife Rehab, Rehabilitation, which is a funny word to, to try to spell sometimes. Um, and then it's the second post on there. I don't know if this uh, yeah, the second post on there, it's a big green uh, picture, wishless Wednesday. So uh, and, and there's there's a bunch of links on there and um, I'm sure any of those links will take you to uh, stuff that they need. Um, anything, anything off the top of your head where people are listening right now and you're like, Oh, I can just c- drop that off right now. Like I could come sure. down. And-
1: um, the the point of the wishlist Wednesday, I do have an Amazon wish list that has a, a lot of supplies that are needed, but on my list Wednesday, every week I try to pick an item that we're in most need of. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so right now I've got an owl and an American bittern in our, which is a marsh bird out in our outer enclosures for winter and heated water dishes. Um, I've got one specific that's kind of low and flat enough mm-hmm. that they can bathe in because water is critical for good feather health. Um, so heated water dishes so that they don't, when it starts getting really cold, it doesn't freeze in there because those, those buildings are not heated uh, because they need to acclimate to the to the weather. So uh, the bittern doesn't have a, a heat lamp because they should have migrated. Um, that picture there that you just yeah, pulled there's... up is a, is a heated uh, shallow heated water dish. Um, I do have ones out there with, like, the cattle heaters floating in there, but I don't want the birds to get tangled in any type of cords or anything that, you know, we have to put in the water. So that is a, a need right now for a couple of those uh, heated water dishes that are on, on our website.
0: Um, I want to I make a joke about you, the, the stovetop thing that, like, you could put on the counter, like, to, to boil pots. Oh, yeah. I can't think of what it's called, though, but then you, we'll just put that out there and put a pot out there <laughs> so they could jump in, but that might be dangerous. Um. So, yeah, check it out. Cooley Region Humane Society, Wildlife Rehab Facebook page, and then you can check out the wish list on there. And then is the Amazon wish list somewhere? Or can you? Yeah,
1: you can scroll down on the, the page once you get to it. And I repost it every once in a while. Um, you know, that's got a lot of the supplies. You know, our busiest season is spring and summer. Uh, so right now I'm just putting our most needed items. We had a lot of fall baby squirrels. Uh, they were released, you know, October um, is about the latest we would release, and they have not learned to store food, you know, and build nests and that. So we still provide them a place to to sleep and in, in cages and stuff, nesting boxes, and we feed them all winter. So that, that's always a need is any you know type of unsalted nuts, the the critter mix, um, shelled peanuts, things like that, because we do. Do
0: you get them the nice cashews?
1: I actually I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> 608-785-7914 is the talk Attacks line. Kathy Casakitis is in here with me. She's the animal animal wildlife rehabilitator. If you haven't figured that that out, at the Cooley Region Humane Society Riot, Wildlife Rehab Center. Uh, all right, we got to take a news break. We'll be back after this. Snow all right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. This is Kathy's song. We didn't because somebody's working too much this week. He didn't turn the board on to start the show. But uh, Kathy Casakitis is in here with me. She's the animal animal wildlife rehabilitator. Over at the Cooley Region Humane Society, we got to tell some stories, Kathy. We're doing that over the break, but you said you over the break you told me you you take care of about a thousand to twelve hundred animals. What would you say is the most typical thing that at the rehab center that you're, Oh no, like is it like one time I felt really dumb because a chipmunk got caught in one of my I have like a bird net over yep. some plants and a chipmunk got caught and his leg was all and I was like, so I called and they just kind of laughed at me. I didn't call you guys cause I'm in Minnesota. So I don't have anyone to call really. Yeah. There's not um, many in Minnesota. Yeah. And, I mean, locally
1: in this area.
0: And it, you know, you end up at like somewhere in the cities and they're like, yeah, I don't think you're going to bring a chipmunk two hours to the cities because his, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, um, but yeah, what kind of, what is the most typical things you, you're getting calls for animal wise?
1: Uh, during the spring and summer, it's a lot of orphaned, uh, mostly squirrels. Um, you know, they get hit by cars a lot, the adults, and the, the babies are hungry, so they'll start falling out of the nest. People trim their branches, and there's nests in them, so we'll get a lot of that. Uh, we do about at least 200 ducklings every year. Um, as we talked earlier, they, you know, they fall through the storm grates, and Mom will take off with a few that she has, and she may hang around for the others, but if she doesn't get them all, she just takes off with, with those.
0: As a society, we need to rethink storm grates. Do you yeah. think we're doing that, like in other places? where When we're redoing, because... W- w- lacrosse floods all the time and like we just redid lacrosse street while we're doing that we got to have some kind of like duck safe storm grates that we could do right
1: i would think that by now that there there would be enough ducks that have fallen down there that they would come up with something because every year it's it's the same thing over and over and you know you're trying to get those the either wait for the water department or you know people are trying with nets to get in there and scoop them out um and it, it takes a while and you know mom takes off and then you know these babies Best chance of life is is actually with their parents learning to be a duck, um, but we do the the most and the best we can. Um, How
0: is your duck impersonation? Do you have, do you waddle around this? Well, the, I waddle anyway, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I actually I have an app on the phone if I need to call them out of the storm drains. Oh, really? Yeah, we just play the and or a lot of times we'll lower the if we have a few ducklings in the carrier, we'll hook a dog leash and we'll lower the carrier so the babies are chirping. Yeah, and the other babies if they've gone down the pipe. A different direction will actually come back.
0: So this happens more often than, than we think, huh? Oh, that, it,
1: yeah, it happens. Which
0: means it happens a lot where we don't even know. Correct. And we don't even want to think about that. Right, but exactly. Oh, All right. Somebody figure it out. Somebody invent the, uh, you know, I could Google it. There's probably a duck safe storm grate that, that bigger cities that are redoing their infrastructure are probably doing. Um, all right. We well, had a couple of stories that you've had to deal with uh, on the list. Is the eagle one that got hit by, is it the one that got bit, is that like the most popular thing you've had to deal with in terms of like attention?
1: Um, no, the other, the second story we talked about on break, um, the barn owl story. The barn story owl
0: is the biggest one. Was,
1: was the biggest one. Uh, Miss Stockholm, as we called the the eagle with the tr- that was hit by the train in Stockholm, Wisconsin. I uh, got a lot of tension, you know, all around. Not well, that's what I Scotland. mean because, yep.
0: because it's a an Eagle and then B you got hit by a train and then went it's,
1: 80 miles. Yeah. At probably can, eighty miles Can you just an hour. tell the
0: story a little like sure. what, what sure. happened?
1: Sure. The uh, conductor of the train, I mean, you can't stop these trains. They're on schedules and there's no way of stopping. Knew he hit an Eagle and it was stuck in the front rails of the, the engine. And they called us before they, you know, cause they would come into lacrosse and stop. So we, um, Two of my people were already at the train station waiting waiting for them. And uh, the wings, one was tucked over the rail one way, one went the other way. And the Eagle just rode out the train for the 80-some miles.
0: What What month was it? Do you uh, remember? Was it cold or warm?
1: It was cold because was cold. the Eagle ended up with frostbite. Okay. Um, so I want to say it was like February, Yeah, maybe? so not
0: a great time. Not a great time. N- never but... a great time to be hit by a train, but the worst <laughs> time to be hit by a train would be in the middle of winter in Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, so we assume that it was um, eating on the edge of the tracks, and then you know the train scared it up, and they, they take a while to take flight. And luckily, from the way it was positioned in the rail, it looks like it was heading in the same direction as the train so it wasn't like a head-on, um, yeah. but it still got stuck there.
0: Well, yeah, the eagle saw the train at the last second and went, oh, right. bleep, and then tried to fly away exactly. from the train, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, so we brought it back here, uh, and we transferred it on to another uh, organization that specializes in eagle rehabilitation, and she tested it for lead, which it did have um, some lead poisoning, yep. which is from, you know, we all know from eating off of gut piles or, or you know. Well, we have a, a kind of an issue river. with that in
0: the marsh here. Yep. So, yep.
1: Yep, so she treated it for lead poisoning. Um, Her concern was, you know, birds are filled with air sacs in order to make them light to fly, that all that pressure from being in the front of the train, that some of those air sacs might have ruptured. So uh, she took real caution on rehabbing it uh, very slowly to make sure that there were no ruptures there. Uh, She didn't find anything that she could see through x-rays or or anything like that test. So uh, nothing fractured, which was amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it was with us for maybe two weeks before we were able to transfer it on, and then um, mid July, I think it was mid July, yes, mid July, she brought it back here, and um, we had a kind of a release area over by uh, uh, over Fisherman's Road um, out that way in French Island. Okay. And we a few people showed up to to watch the release of it, but she brought that one and two more juvenile eagles. Uh, that she wanted to release from rehabilitation.
0: So about five months rehab, and the yes. eagle was back to, and it just flew away just like yep. nothing?
1: Yep, we just opened the kennel door, and off it went. Oh, nice. Uh, so it was, it was pretty cool. He made a couple circles around. They kind of circle, try to get their bearings, and then there were some eagles. Um, it was the time of the year there was a lot of eagles in the, in yeah. the trees. Um, made over, landed on one of the branches by a couple adult eagles. We were a little nervous that there might be territory Life dispute, service. but... Um, everything went well the whole time. We sat there and watched. So uh,
0: my my head goes, hey, we let him out of the thing, and then he went and landed on the railroad tracks. Yeah. And we're like, Come on, what are you doing? Uh, six we were o- too
1: close to the interstate. I thought, oh my God, is it gonna fly towards the interstate. Oh no,
0: yeah, maybe that maybe not the greatest place to to let him out. I don't know. Um, there are so many eagles there. Is that why is like they are right by the interstate? Is that because the interstate is there? Maybe be, be, the, well, the certain times a year
1: though. The fish, um, I mean, that's most of their meals are fish. Yeah. Um, so there's a good fishing in those areas. Just under
0: the bridge, maybe? Is that yeah. just... The, the, I mean,
1: the fish, will. Hung, if it's hot out, they'll go into shade areas. So I think the eagles will, you know, all hang out there. But when they're in their basically their breeding season, they're pretty territorial. So they go back to their own areas, but they do gather and, I guess, coexist when it's mealtime.
0: Have fishermen figured this out? If there's a bunch of eagles up in trees, they should be fishing. go fish there, maybe? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Um, Kent texted in. He goes, hey, Rick, let your guests know. I have two black walnut trees in my yard. Uh, next summer, I'll save all the walnuts. Uh, is that is that a thing you appreciate if people, like, they, they, they're falling out of the trees and just pile them up in a bucket and bring them down?
1: Yeah, we would accept um, them. I had some a few years ago, um, a mixed bunch that somebody had brought in, and I put them out for the squirrels. And, unfortunately, a few of the squirrels died um, I don't think they, the nuts, I think they might've been either not ripe enough or maybe moldy, um, uh, that we put out. So I'm kind of cautious about, unless people know, I don't know when walnuts are truly yeah. ripe. You would think the squirrels would know, but, um, so I'm kind of cautious about, I usually order and I don't like to spend money if I don't have to, but yeah, I would take black walnuts cause that's one of their favorite is walnuts.
0: We'll just have to get, uh, somebody in town that's a, a nut expert that can tell you, and then they can come down and, and, and inspect. This
1: is right. That's not right.
0: A nut inspector. That's what we're talking about here on LaCrosse Talk PM. Um, all right. So let's see. we got a couple minutes left before the break. Um, again, everybody, if you can go to the Cooley Region Humane Society Wildlife Rehabilitation Facebook page. So I'll say it again. Cooley Region Humane Society Wildlife Rehabilitation Facebook page. And then you have to... Like right on top, there is a Wednesday wish list, and I think that that would help you the most if somebody went there and, and checked it out because uh, you guys are kind of self funding yourselves when you come to, to rehabbing, and they're doing about a thousand to twelve hundred uh baby squirrels a year. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> some um,
1: days it feels like it.
0: Um, what other kind of animals are you uh, are you getting in there? Are you possums, you said you have a skunk,
1: yes, we have an uh educational ambassador, her name is Flower. Um, Wisconsin doesn't allow, of course, her name is Flower. Of co- it was named when the woman found it. Yeah. Um, they don't allow the rehabilitation of skunks, so I had a, a permit to have a skunk. I paid for it for like three years before this one came to us, um, and I put her on the license right away because I knew she would need a lot of care to save her. Um, and then she, she's just she's amazing. So check out the page tomorrow because tomorrow's Feel Good Friday. Yeah. And it will be the Christmas pictures with flower.
0: Oh, okay. So what, what does Flower do all day at the, the rehab center? Is she in a cage? Does she just wander around like a she, cat? You she know? actually
1: has free roam of the wildlife shed itself. She has her own little about 8 by 8 room um, with her bed and litter boxes. She is litter box trained, and she has her own room. But we leave. We used to have a baby gate up, um, but we take it down. She, so she roams the whole place. She comes into the main shelter, and we'll wander around. We're doing educational programs with her. So I've we, gone down to Myrick Park for the Wizcore students. Um, I did a Home homeschool. They came down and Flower came out and was with them. And
0: we probably buried the lead. I mean, when people think skunk, they're like, "Well, isn't she spraying everybody?" Either you probably have your removed the spray? I sprayer? Did, we did
1: have it removed. Yes. Like, is that
0: hard to do? Is that take like a major surgery?
1: Um, they did it the same time that they spayed her. Okay. Um, so it was, I guess, fairly easy. I was in there watching because I was interested in it, but um, it seem to go pretty pretty smoothly
0: i follow enough a farm like sanctuary pages or like well like mm-hmm. rescue pages that at the end of the day like every animal that every animal that i see they're all dogs and cats at the end of the day like a horse a cow a skunk they all if you if they're in an environment where they're just interacting with people i mean probably not like a coyote or something like that i don't know like if they're if they're, like, from, ba- you know, like, if you grow, like, they're all, they all kind of act like dogs and cats at the end of the day. Most Flower acts things. just
1: like a cat. Yeah. Yeah. She wants attention when she wants it. She wants to play when she wants to play. And then when you want her attention, she goes and hides.
0: So when you, when you bring uh, Flower the Skunk to, like, to say, a school to do educational, what is the education there, like, skunks aren't bad or
1: (laughs) that's exactly right i mean they're very docile animals and and truly i mean i know they they spray you know everybody knows that yeah um only when they're threatened so you know just if you see one you know obviously don't approach it um dogs get sprayed by them all the time so it's their last line of defense they'll give you the stomping motions um but the the program is mostly like we're doing here more wildlife education but we bring her along just so people can i hold her um because there's not an approved vac- rabies vaccination, so I don't pass her around to people. Yeah. But um, I, I let them come up and pet her. She's very, very thick and you know, good feeling fur. It's really nice fur. Yeah, it was, that uh, was my question. Now
0: you got me thinking. Like, what is her fur like? Is it kind of brittle? It's very, or? No,
1: it's very thick and full. Um, she gets bathed. You know, gets a nice bath. She's doing a program uh, next week, but I can't even remember what it is. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, my dog Millie. She's a golden retriever. Uh, I would say the same skunk sprayer about three times because we just go for walks at night and the, the skunks seem to be out at night. I don't yep, know if they are general. or not. But um, so three times in like a month, maybe a little over a month span. So I'm texting my vet friend because I always forget. I'm like, OK, what do I have to do now? She got sprayed again. I have <laughs> to one one drop of dish soap and this and hydrogen peroxide. And then the fourth time, of course, and I'm screaming like, no, no, no. And then they were buddies, like they're just like doing like sniffing each other, and I'm like, okay, shut up, Rick, <laughs> yeah. walk away slowly. Millie seems to be okay, and then there, yeah, after that. So my friend, my dog uh, befriended a skunk at some point. So uh, I don't recommend it though, <laughs> like me. But you can't scream and yell for your dog to get away because that freaks the skunk out. Right, And, and right. And you, I guess you got to know your dog because I have one dog that, like, if she sees a skunk, it's going to be. Like on it, and it's not gonna be friendly, and Billy is just gonna be like, "Hey, what's up? Skull? The skunks
1: have very poor eyesight, so it's only about fifteen feet okay. uh, that they see clear, so something by the time it's that close, it's they're startled. yeah,
0: they're freaked out, yeah, yeah, especially when Rick's. Uh, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, Kathy Kastikaitis is going to spend the rest of the hour with us. We'll continue this conversation. We're going to talk about these uh, barned owl, ho- barn barn owl. when we come back. Uh, very rare in, in Wisconsin. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solum. In here with me is Kathy Kaskitis. She is the animal wildlife rehabilitator at the Cooley Region Humane Society. We're just telling stories. That's all we're doing, telling stories. We could do. I, I could do this every day, Kathy. I could, like, just have animal. I should just have an animal show. Really, is what I could do.
1: I could probably be on it every
0: day. <laughs> you probably have a story a day. Um, how many calls? You say you you're, you're taking care of about a thousand to twelve hundred animals, um, in terms of just emergency. I don't know if you call them emergencies, but like, hey, there's the, an animal thing is happening and we need you to come out. Not Not the rehab center, but just in general, because that's your job, too, right? Like, you're, you're kind of part of that. Yeah. Um, do you know about how many calls you get a day?
1: Um, it all depends on the season. I mean, spring and summer are big because it's baby season, duckling season. Um, squirrels have two litters a year. Uh, so we get calls, you know. There are days we can get twenty wildlife calls, and then there are days we can get one or two, yeah. um, or less. You know, right right now we are not getting any call. I shouldn't say any. But it's, it seems to be pigeons right now.
0: Um, oh really? Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, but we can d- be pretty swamped with wildlife calls.
0: Pigeon calls—that's worse than my chipmunk call, I think. Yeah, and that p- could be. Uh, okay. So, but but this—how will this change now? The city—the city council last Thursday, I think, uh, passed a resolution. I think is what you would call it. Um, to to give this responsibility to the La Crosse Police Department. Correct. So can you just talk about how that affects you guys at the Cooley region?
1: Um, yeah, all of the animal-related calls will now go to the non-emergency dispatch number. Um, they will have um, a animal control technician hired, um, and they'll do all of those calls. They still will refer uh, the people to call us for wildlife calls. They were going to go to the DNR, but... Uh, the DNR is stretched real thin too. So we are still doing wildlife rehabilitation, uh, but we may, we may not have the staff any longer uh, because we've had to cut back with the loss of the contract of our staffing. So we are not going to be able to come into the city to pick up a lot of the injured and orphaned animals. Uh, so we would be asking the public if they can bring them to us uh, because we're just not going to have the staffing to, um, to do that. Yeah, You can't go
0: get, I have a, whatever I have a, I have a chipmunk right. in a box, and you would go and get that. Typically. Normally we would
1: have gone and, and picked that up because we're you know 24 hours a day, full service for the city of La Crosse, and we would have gone and picked those up, and we have for many, many years. Um, but going forward, we will be asking if the public can hopefully bring them into us or find somebody to bring them have, in.
0: Have you talked with the Would the police um, end up taking the animal? Because, like, well, let's just say it's a... Uh, Harriet, she's a 90-year-old lady that's got a chipmunk and she doesn't want to drive over to, to the Humane Society. So
1: they will be bringing us all the domestic animals that uh, okay. we're still contracted to be the holding facility and housing the animals for the city of La Crosse. Uh, but the wildlife, um, I had a meeting today actually with the, one, the sergeant that will be overseeing it. And you know I said, if you can refer the public to bring it to us, or I said, that's totally up to you if your department is able to bring us something yeah. if, if they could. Um, that would be great because, like I said, we're we're not going to have the staff because we'll be caring for the animals. And before, I would have extra staff to care for them while somebody was handling calls, and then we would, you know, switch roles.
0: Well, when uh, you had a city, and when you had a city contract, you had the funding to have people going out in Correct. doing this. And yeah. now the the police department is is taking that burden. Um, I I did have the fire chief in here last week, and I said, how how many cats and trees calls do you get, and do you know you're going to get more after the city council passes this? And he goes, no, that's going to the police. Do you get a lot of cats at tree calls? I mean, does that happen? Yes, it happens. Because the, the mayor last, or a couple weeks ago, when I, when I made that joke, he's like, leave the cat alone. It'll come out of the tree. Is that your take on this, too?
1: That's, that would be I mean, my take is, you know, try to put something down below the tree. Sometimes it's their own cat that gets up there. Right. You know, and, you know, the cat's not going to come to a stranger. Most cats don't. Um, so just trying to coax them out of the tree. uh, People feel they can call the fire department. That they may do that a lot on TV, but they they have other things to do. Then you know the cat's only going to go higher or move, and then they have to readjust the whole truck, uh, you know, and the ladder and stuff. Just, like like you know,
0: all of cats in the world, just leave the cat alone. And leave the cat alone. It'll come
1: down. It'll right? come down.
0: Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk deck line. Kathy Kaskitis is in here. Um, How did you get into this job? Is this just, you were an animal lover and and this is kind of the, you said 14 years. Is that, you've been doing that for longer than that?
1: Um, here, I've been here almost 14 years at the Cooley region humane society. Um, I grew up North of green Bay on a farm and I was the kid always dragging something home that I thought (laughs) needed help. I had raccoons. I brought home snakes. I brought home rabbits. I did bring home a skunk. Um, I don't know how I got out of the cage though. My dad never did tell me that. (laughs) Um, You have to ask him (laughs) Um, so yeah, I was—I've always, you know, just had a love for animals, and I was just looking for a part-time job years ago. And I'm like, you know, I'm gonna look for something I, that I really have a passion for. I wish I would have done it years earlier because, you know, I—I would have.
0: Well, what's it take to to become like an animal life rehabilitator and and beyond um, that? You 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 wear multiple hats.
1: I wear multiple hats. Yes, <laughs> I don't know if um, so it's like
0: ten or. <laughs> we have
1: to be certified with the the DNR uh, to become a basic rehabilitator you have to uh, take a test uh, with the DNR you have to now take credits to keep that up everything the license is three years long so you'd have to take credits to keep that up and then you have to if when you're a basic wildlife rehabber you have to be able to work under somebody that has their advance permit which in this area it's me yep um there's another rehabber in Chaseburg um they're they're trying to retire out of it so they're they has been hanging around for me actually and doing their own thing um but I've learned a lot from them, so they would have to train under me for at least two years. Um, and if they want a species that isn't on my license, they can go under another rehabilitator if they want to work with raccoons or whatever. Uh, and then they can come to the shelter and volunteer. So we have volunteer positions if anyone is interested. Um, they would work directly with, with us. Um, and then there's what's called subpermittees where still under my license, you can take the animal home, and I would approve the setup that you have randomly check in to make sure you're not sitting on the couch with a Snickers bar and the raccoon eating it, you know, and, uh, sharing <laughs> which it. Which would that,
0: happen. <laughs> which
1: might happen. Um, so things like that don't happen because that would affect my license, but make sure that, you know, our ultimate goal is try to get them back out into the wild.
0: Um, I don't want to deter people from wanting to do this, but is this a tough job to, to kind of make a living on? Because you have to wear multiple hats, and then when you're, we're talking about the rehab center, you you know, you're you have an Amazon wish list, you're asking for you're writing grants to get grant yes. money, you're asking for funding.
1: So the home based rehabbers, they, they get no they have to do everything themselves, um, and do the grant writing and everything. Um, we get no support from the US Fish and Wildlife financially. We get no financial support from the DNR, even though all these animals were working under them. Um, so we get no financial support from them. So everything is done out of pocket for any of the rehabilitation centers, whether it be sanctuaries, home-based, or whatever. Everything is is out of pocket. So helping financially or with supplies is a huge help because yep. then the money that people do donate, I can order the specialty formulas and specialty supplies that you just can't, you know, pick up at Farm and Fleet or Walmart. Uh, that we have to order from certain companies. So, you know, I always try to attach the donate now button because money just doesn't go, you
0: know. Yeah. When it's politicians and they're spending millions of dollars on their campaigns, it's one thing. When it's a rehab center, um, because I, like I said before, I follow all these animal sanctuaries on, on Instagram. So I don't know if you have an Instagram, so you might want to do this. And then you just share little videos of all the cute animals because, you know, and at the end of these videos, they're, they're always like, Hey, donate. And, uh, And, you know, sometimes you're like, really? And then you think like, Oh, there's, they're literally, have no yeah. it, it, you know like funding this is their only way to fund is like hopefully our instagram page becomes popular or your facebook page and then and then that's the way you kind of you you stay alive i guess um and keep the animals alive um all right so i'm going to take a one more quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about the the barn owl that uh is you guys what was that two summers ago now
1: the last two summers we had um a couple this summer and last oh okay. Summer. Do you so think it
0: was the same ones?
1: The same parents, yes. Okay,
0: the same parents, barn the same barned barn owl parents. Uh, the first time they've been discovered in Wisconsin nesting in twenty one years. I think I got that right. Okay. All right, welcome back to LaCrosse Talk PM. Kathy Casakitis is in here with me. She's the animal wildlife rehabilitator at the Cooley Region Humane Society. And kind of not at the like you're just adjacent to like it's your own thing, right? Like this is I know is are they related? Are they I, are they the same yeah. entity when I say that? Okay, I just want yeah. to make sure. Um again, okay. go to go to her Facebook page, Cooley Region Humane Society, Wildlife Rehab Center. I threw Center in there. I don't think Center's in there. And uh, second post on there is a wish list. Go go check out the wish list. They need that stuff, especially now in the winter. Um, all right, I've been burying the barned owl story. And we've talked about it on the air with Carla Bloom from the International Owl Center in Houston County, which it's kind of crazy how we have like these. And then the the Eagle Center in Wabashaw. we have these like things that are like Amazing. nationally yeah. renowned and, and they're just right here in our area. Um, okay, so... Did you get the call for this? Like, how did this barned owl... So we've never had a barned owl nesting in Wisconsin for 21 years, and then you get a call, but you don't know what you're, you're getting into, right?
1: Right. The first call was just, there was a baby owl on the ground, and actually, I was out of town. I wish I was here, because it's such a, you know, yeah. something I missed. Um, I was out of town, and the call came in that baby owl out of the nest on the ground, and... My staff had texted me that we got a barn owl in, and I'm like, "Oh, they must have meant barred owl because yeah. we get those are very common." And they sent me a picture, and I'm like, "I, I was just floored." That I'm like, "Oh my god, it is a barn owl!"
0: So you kind of um, knew that these so are, I,
1: yeah, I knew they're very rare. They haven't been seen in Wisconsin in many years. I follow all that. Um, it was due to a lot of pesticides. Um, there, there's no the rodents weren't there for them, and if they did find rodents, they were poisoned with pesticides. Oh, we gotta bring
0: that up too. Okay, um,
1: you know, so they and the the farms are declining, so there there was no place for them to go. They like open areas as opposed to other owls that like And they woods.
0: don't. And they don't like cold. So, like when it's super cold, they 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 migrate too, don't they? Kind. And of?
1: Not all barn owls. Um, not all owls and hawks will migrate. Um, a lot of them will will stay put. Okay. Uh, There's certain species that will, but not all of them. Um, but the the barn owls, yeah, that was it was quite amazing. So. Um, we got they,
0: they ended up in a giant dead tree, right? Dead tree right?
1: that they wanted, the, the family wanted to leave up because they just loved the big dead tree and they knew wildlife had been living there, unknowing that it could be barn owl site. Yeah. Um, so I reached out to the DNR, um, said, I've got a barn owl chick. And, of course, they didn't really believe me. They said, send pictures. And I'm like, yep, here you go. You're right. Um, you're, so they were quite surprised um, that It was in our area on the south side in town. Yeah. Um, They're like, no, it can't be. Um, Carla heard about it.
0: Yep, Carla Bloom at the International Hall Center in Houston.
1: Yep, so she contacted me, and she went over to the address that I gave her. She checked it out. There was two more babies up in the nest that she could see because she had run her camera up there. And I invited her to to come over if she wanted to see it. She's like, oh, absolutely, I'll be (laughs) right there. Um, So she came over. She contacted um, somebody that she knew that does banding, so they did band uh, the baby barn owl, and then uh, banding.
0: She, you mean, but like put yeah, some like, like identify like them, they, yeah, yeah. They, okay. like
1: they do at the peregrine falcons um, every year, and then uh, she assisted in getting it back up into into the nest. And we thought they're not going to stay around; they're probably going to move on because it's a busy, you know, it's yeah. in town. Um, sure enough, this year we get a call that. The same address that there was more barn owls on, on the ground. Um, this year it was because of those tiny little black flies.
0: Oh, yeah. They got um, bugged. They're they were, they were literally yep, getting bugged.
1: Literally. Um, Sheep Carla came from um, Houston and put up cameras inside of the nest so we could monitor them. And they were just constantly twitching, shaking their head, trying to get away from these bugs that were just swarming their face and, until they jumped. Yeah. Um, so one of them did get injured. And then we re-nested the healthy one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then it kept jumping. So we're like, "This isn't."
0: And when you say jumping, they're they're. It's not like a couple of feet. Yeah, they can't fly. I mean, it it's- was thirty
1: feet. Thirty maybe. feet,
0: right? Yeah. yeah. So
1: that's how the one got injured. Was, yeah, I mean, of course. They were just little puff balls, so they they had they couldn't like catch themselves from you know flapping right. wings because they didn't have any feathers. Yeah. Um, so then she she came over uh, to the shelter and. Uh, We set them up. She brought the first one. She helped me do, we did fluids on it because they were dehydrated. Uh, We set it up and we decided that they can't, they just can't go back there. So we actually transferred them uh, to the same lady that does the eagles. We talked about earlier, yeah. Yep. Um, She also used to work with barn owls when she was in California. So she was familiar with them and she has educational owls, barn owls. Uh, So she took the two chicks um, to her facility to, to continue to raise with her foster owl so that they would be with another adult owl. Yeah. And then Carla had put um, a sound monitor up so she could record if, if the parents were still hanging around. And for a few days between the video and audio, you could see they were still bringing mice back t- uh, to the nest site, and then they would they would look around pretty soon. Um,
0: Traumatized parents because their babies are their gone, babies right?
1: Are gone. So we actually went back to the nest site, and we did find one, unfortunately, deceased one, um, Carla did. Um, So we removed everything, and we cleaned out the the nest site good. And then, unfortunately, one of those big storms we had probably— Was it a
0: year ago? No, it was this— It wasn't the storm, okay. Yeah, there was
1: this um, fall. um, The the tree came down. Yeah, of course. Um, So (laughs) 21 years, and now we have no nest site. But the neighbor was so excited about having the the rarity of these owls that he actually built— um, a nesting box, and we're hoping that they will will come back. Yeah, maybe uh, they'll this come year. back.
0: Um, it just brings me a couple of things before before we end the show here. Uh, so there are some stories that are making national news right now out of Minnesota. Three eagles have died, on, and thirteen are oh, like sick.
1: There were thirteen in total, so three died, and ten are sick.
0: Yeah, oh, ten and ten are sick because they're um, they're eating
1: euthanized animals
0: okay so oh yeah the rehab center had disposed of euthanized animals what do you guys do with euthanized animals
1: uh we send wildlife and everything that um if we pick up say a a doa or whatever it all goes to a crematorium
0: okay because you can't if something is euthanized that's essentially it's poison you do you guys euthanize animals yes we yeah only like what 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 it will what happened? Like, why? I guess what happened. Wh- um, the what's... severity
1: of the, for wildlife, um, and I'm all focused on wildlife. Um, the severity of the injuries. Um, I don't have. Um, I I do have a veterinarian to actually on my license, um, but I don't have the funding basically for a lot of the surgeries that they may need. Yeah. So it's kind of a balance. You know, do I spend the money, thousand dollars on one bird surgery, or do I take that thousand dollars and spend it on caring for two two dozen other animals? Yeah, right. Um, so it's it's and then, it all and, depends on the severity of the injury. And
0: so these animals in Minnesota were were disposed. They were just left out, essentially, like they were where an eagle could get at them. And Correct. Then, so this this kind of the whole, the reason I bring it up is uh, people have mice right in their house and they they put out poison to kill the mice. That's that's the that's worst the thing, thing you could do, right? Yeah. Like it's the worst thing it's, you could do. Can you explain that?
1: Sure. It's the same thing with the the eagles. Um, the form uh, one form of euthanasia is is orally taking the the drug um, and that's exactly what these eagles are doing by eating the animal that was euthanized is now they're doing a second hand poisoning and that's the same with, with the rodent side the decon um, it causes the animal to not you know the to basically bleed out yeah. um so these owls and that are finding an easy meal by finding a rodent laying somewhere that has gotten into to decon and so not only are you taking care of the mice, but the owls and hawks or, you know, even pets if a cat picks it up or whatever uh, could potentially do a secondhand poisoning and either become very sick or die from it.
0: So don't use poison. Don't use glue traps. I mean, glue traps are just awful for, I mean, other animals can get stuck to them, but um, they're just torture for, for even for mice. I know you're trying to kill them anyway, but it's not, that's not the way to go. Um, Last thing, and I'm just throwing this at you because I, I, and you might not know the answer uh, the storms, you know, when we have storms like this, we had one that, you know, a year ago, and uh, we're still working on the storms from the summer. In my area, there's a lot of piles of trees. is And and eventually, I think they will burn these trees. Is it the worst time of year to burn trees right now? Like a pile of dead dead trees, like a huge pile, because animals like to live in there in the winter?
1: Yeah, and you'll probably find possums. Or even to, possums, like, bulldoze them or um, something. Possums might be living in a, a big pile of... of- down trees and branches and stuff. They're they, they they're not really from this area, um, but they will find, you know, try to find the best shelter that they can because they don't really build their own nest. They just try to either take over an abandoned nest of some sort. They are climbers, so they, they'll get in those branches. Uh, we had last summer, we had actually two litters of bunnies, um, the same thing. Uh, they went to do a bonfire and heard screaming um, and quickly oh, put out, yeah, Oh, I no. know, I know, I'm sorry. I know, I had to
0: bring up euthanasia um, too, so.
1: Yeah, um, so, right. they, so they brought in the baby bunnies so, that were burned. So it's the worst time yeah.
0: to do that because they, they, it's winter and they're they, these are little homes for these animals. All right, Kathy, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks Thank a lot. Thank you. All right, that's all the time I have. Thanks everybody for listening.
1: Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, host of the podcast Around River City. I've got an invitation for you to listen into my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at aroundrivercity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts.